everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, sickle cell disease affects about 1 in 100,000 Americans. Dr. Nirmish Shah is here to speak with us today about his team's research, real-world experience of Voxelator for the management of complications in sickle cell disease, presented at ASH 2021. Dr. Shah is the director of the Sickle Cell Transition Program and the director of clinical research in benign hematology at Duke University School of Medicine in Durham, North Carolina. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Shah. Can you please give us an overview of this session and how this study came about? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's been pretty exciting for sickle cell that we've had you know, new therapies come about in the last couple of years. So I think we're really in an exciting time. But what that's meant is we as hematologists have to then figure out how to organize these therapies best for our patients. And, you know, Oxford-Voxelator was approved to improve hemoglobin. And so the data that came out of the HOPE trial to get that approval was really based on 24 weeks of data, even though the, the full study was 72 weeks. And so I think what, what's happened is now we're, we're about two years into it as of ASH 2021, we'll be two years into this. We have a lot of real world experience of, of how we're actually prescribing oxprinus. So I think it's exciting to now look at the data and say, well, what really are we seeing as we start to prescribe this medication? So an overview is, you know, really, can we look at those prescriptions in patients uh, around the country uh, in the United States, can we look at what are some of the outcomes that are happening, not just for hemoglobin, but also for vesicles of crisis, for hospitalizations, and really try to find out what's happening to try and better inform us of what this drug can do. Well, you touched on it a little bit here, but if you could get a little bit deeper for us, why is Voxelator for the management of complications in sickle cell disease important to study? As I kind of started to mention, with us having new therapies, uh, we really want to figure out where this best fits into the landscape of treatment for sickle cell disease. The focus based on, again, the HOPE trial, the study that got this approved was, was does this drug improve hemoglobin? And, and they kind of drew a line in the sand and said, you know, how many patients improve their hemoglobin by one gram per deciliter, which is kind of an arbitrary number there. You know, there's some considerations of why they picked that, but really that was the bulk of it. Does it improve hemoglobin? And, and there's a lot of thought that Yes, if we improve hemoglobin, that should do a lot of good things. There's a lot of retrospective data to say, if I improve the hemoglobin, it should be beneficial, but really not been followed prospectively. So, you know, the, the reason Voxelator is being used really for the most part is we have a fair amount of patients with sickle cell disease that are anemic. And in the HOPE trial, I keep going back to this, this trial that got it approved, that the inclusion criteria were patients all the way up to a hemoglobin of 10.5. So any patient with a hemoglobin of 10.5 or less was included in the trial. And they found that, you know, in, in a good number of patients, 51% to be exact, that went up by one gram per deciliter and 27% went up by two grams per deciliter. So we know that this drug can improve hemoglobin. So that, you know, that has been the emphasis and that's why Voxelator is being prescribed. And we, we can see that it improves hemoglobin in a, in a fair amount of patients. Can you elaborate for us more on how these findings contribute to the existing research on this topic? Yeah, so I think this is a good opportunity to kind of dive into to what we were finding in this presentation, this study at ASH. 
you know, so when we looked at the real world evidence, we're trying to go beyond just the fact that it improves hemoglobin. What, you know, what are we actually seeing? And if you look at the hemoglobin itself, you know, we did see that the hemoglobin went up by about uh, 1.1 gram, you know, pre-index before we started the drug versus after. So that's in line with what we saw uh, the average was in the HOPE trial. But what we saw here was if you look at vasoclusive crisis before and after, if you look at the opioids that are prescribed, if you look at the hospitalizations, all cause or, or for VOCs, everything significantly decreased. So, you know, I think what the findings of this study contribute to is there's enough of a signal here to say that it not only makes sense that hemoglobin improvement should help other complications and, and other things with sickle cell, it, it not only makes sense, but we actually now have some data. And I think that's the important part. I think the contribution here is we're looking at uh, just over 3000 patients that have been prescribed Oxprida and looked at pain crisis before they were prescribed Oxalatorin and after, and looked at hospitalizations, et cetera. And, and each of them are improved significantly. So I think that puts a little bit of emphasis on the fact that this does do more than just improve hemoglobin. Looking down the road, what's next for research on this topic? Yeah, I think this is a great question. So I think these are all kind of hypothesis uh, driving type of studies. We, we look back to say, yes, we do see uh, retrospectively, just you know, based on what we can pull out of claims data, uh, that there, there seems to be an improvement here. And it does seem to be a significant improvement based on analysis. But now let's look forward. I, I think we really need to, to make a concerted effort to look systematically in a prospective fashion at pain crisis, at hospitalizations, you know, at, at pain, which is the major issue. So, you know, I, I do, of course, have to recognize that the HOPE trial did not show an improvement in pain. It re really wasn't powered to do so. So I think it was a missed opportunity in that sense, but it, you know, it did include a lot of patients with just one VOC in the past year. And, and I think that was trying to be likely a, a, an effort to try and be more real world with, with what we see in our clinics. But if this is now showing us, this study is now showing us potential that we have improvement in pain crisis and hospitalizations, well, let's look at this. So I, I think that moving forward, we have to look at pain crisis in a prospective fashion and kind of key in on, does this medication help us uh, as much as what we seem to see here? What are the overall take-home messages from your session? So I think the take-home is that I think realistically, the, the push has been use a, a voxelator to improve hemoglobin, use it for patients that are anemic. And if they're having pain, that's not necessarily the indication. But now I think we have to kind of start to say, well, we're starting to see at least some information here based on what we have here, that it does improve pain, you know, at least looking at this claims-based data. And, you know, we should be studying this more, but I, I think that's going to liberalize the use of, of voxelator because I think we're going to start to consider that patients who are anemic or maybe not as anemic as some of the other patients, if they're having pain, this potentially could be a good option for them. So I think the take-home is it's not necessarily just a medication for hemoglobin, but that there are other complications that seem to, to improve with the use of voxelator. I'd like to thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that you think that we missed? No, I think the last thing is uh, first, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk about the, the work that we've done here. But I, I want to just basically put out this excitement that we're in an age where we have these options for our patients. I mean, our patients 
with sickle cell disease have been living through this as a lifetime chronic blood disorder that inevitably gets worse as they get older. And, and to have options like this and, and see the potential benefits that they can have is really, I think, a big deal. And so I'm, I'm really just happy that we can continue to look at this and, and hopefully find uh, more options for our patients because they, they really, I think, need to have those options. And, and, and I appreciate the, all the work that people are doing to try and find those options for them. Thank you for your time today. And thank you for all of your work on this. Thank you very much.